Gonzalez show starts now. This is your sports leader in Fresno 1430 ESPN and a very good morning. Actually, good afternoon to all of you in the San Joaquin Valley. I had gone months without making that morning mistake. I did good afternoon to all of you in the San Joaquin Valley, all across the state of California. Appreciate you for joining us. Appreciate you for tuning in. Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and Fridays beginning at noon on your local sports leader. Hour number one of the Jose Gonzalez Show is brought to you in part by Helena Agri Enterprises LLC, the Valley's foremost agronomic solutions Provider, people, products, knowledge, Helena Agri Enterprises, LLC. A beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon, December 15th here in Fresno. And we remind you to go and download the app, 1430 ESPN Fresno. Go to the website, 1430ESPNFresno.com. And as always, follow us on all our social media platforms at 1430 ESPN. And when you go and download the app, you get to listen live. You get to send text messages to the studio. You get to send voice texts uh, to the studio. Uh, you can email. You can listen. You can check the podcast. You can check the weather. You can set an alarm. You can do everything when you go and download the app. If you don't want to download the app, you can go to the website, 1430ESPNFresno.com. When you go to the website, we want you to hover over the podcast tab. 
You'll see the drop down come down. The first thing that you'll see is the Jose Gonzalez show. You click on that. You listen. If you missed any of the shows this past week, if you didn't, well, then you move on to the next one. And what the next one is, is our 2 p.m. show Monday through Friday. He's on to three o'clock on uh, Monday through Thursday and Fridays all the way to four, which is today. And that is Sportsline, the Bulldog Hour, with our guy, Tony Diodato. He joins um, he joins the station at 2 o'clock today. And uh, Monday through Thursday, you can check it out right there in that podcast that we're talking about here. Monday through Thursday, you can check out Home Field Advantage with Gabe Camarillo. He is on the air 3 to 5 p.m. And on Thursdays, he's live from Fashion Furniture. On Fridays, so a day like today, you can check out Inside the Patch with Gnarly Charlie. He's going to he's gonna be excited. I would think. I would think Gnarly Charlie's going to be pumped up for today's show. I, I, after what we saw last night, right? I, I'm just saying it's going to be the best, best Inside the Patch you probably heard all season long because I don't think the Raiders are scoring 60-plus points again this season. I'm not saying they're... Uh, I'm not taking away from what happened yesterday. I'm just saying, enjoy today inside the patch, 4 p.m. You could also check it out on the website. And last but certainly not least, our guy Paul Metters, who does the Central Valley Sports Report every single Saturday at 10 a.m. So make sure to check him out. Paul Metters, 10 a.m., first string sports with the Central Valley Sports Report. So make sure to go ahead and give that a check. And uh, again, appreciate all of you guys that join us that are part of the conversation that go check out the website, get to go and download the app and listen live on the radio station today. Great show lined up for you guys in front. We have fresh headlines of the day and we have many headlines today. We are going to be uh, chatting it up. Um, with a lot of breaking news happening in the course of uh, 10 a.m. yesterday when we got off the air to noon today when we're right back with you. So we got fresh headlines of the day first, second on the the ledger here. We're going to start off with our NFL um, conversation for the weekend. Then we'll take you all the way to the end of the hour, uh, hour number two. We will have our conversation of the week after the conversation of the week. We'll dive into home team headlines. We'll talk Lakers today. Um, we'll also talk 49ers. We'll talk more Raiders after that huge win over the Chargers. Does that change your perception? Does that change my perception on Antonio Pierce and the Las Vegas Raiders head coaching opportunity there? We'll talk about that um, as well uh, as uh, mentioned um, the San Francisco Giants will dive into a little bit on where they are. They've uh, officially um, come out and uh, told us finally about the official signing of uh, Mr. Lee. So we'll talk about that as well. Home team headlines and then we'll hand you off to Tony D, host of Sportsline, the Bulldog Gower. He'll take you to 4 o'clock today, and then at 4 o'clock, it's inside the patch with Gnarly Charlie all the way to 5 p.m. So there you go on that as well. That's the show we are going to walk you through. And again, grateful to every single one of you for joining us. Uh, The current temperature, 
In the city of Fresno, it is currently 61 degrees. The expected high today, 65 degrees, with an overnight low of 36 degrees. Tomorrow, expect a high of 69 degrees, sunshine, and an overnight low of 39. On Sunday, 64 and 40 degrees, the low, 64, the high. And Monday, you can expect rain in the San Joaquin Valley, 60% chance of rain. On Tuesday, 70% chance of rain. Wednesday, 40% chance of rain. And Thursday, 40% chance of rain as well. But with the rain, it means that it will not dip as low on the temperature front during those rainy days. So we're not going to get 35, 36, 37, 38 at the lows next week when it rains. We're going to see 50, 51, 52. So it won't be as chilling, as boat chilling as it has been as of late. So again, uh, the current temperature here in the city of Fresno, California, it is currently 61 degrees. In Visalia, currently 61 degrees as well. 67, the high there, 35, the overnight low. In Merced, currently 59 degrees, 64, the high there, 33, the overnight low. And currently in Bakersfield, 63 degrees currently, and uh, the expected high 69 with an overnight low of 38 degrees. Every weather report is brought to you by our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. If you have an AC heater unit issue, you got maintenance that needs to get done, you call our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. They have got you covered. We'll take a quick look to the CHP traffic report to see if there are anything um, happening uh, if there is anything happening on that front there and um, there is an accident to report if you're heading westbound Shaw Avenue on the on-ramp to the northbound 41 um, freeway there is a two-vehicle accident in that vicinity a silver Nissan Altima um, with some front end damage there, both vehicles in the right turn lane of the off uh, of the on ramp. Um, they are currently being helped out of the zone as of 12.02. It is still there. So expect some delays if you're trying to get on the northbound 41 on ramp from West Shaw Avenue. Two vehicle accident, both are which are in the right hand turning lane onto that on ramp. So. There you go as well on that front. Last night, the Las Vegas Raiders took on uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. The two teams that uh, their futures were tied together just uh, just a few years ago. The game ended 63-21 in favor of Las Vegas. And who would have thunk it? Who would have thought? Who would have processed the information enough to believe that you should pick up Aiden O'Connell to help you win a quarterfinal fantasy football matchup? Who would have thought the guy goes out there, throws four touchdowns, completes 20 of 34 passes, got sacked one time. You know how much, how much, it was of a barrage on the Los Angeles Chargers that Jacoby Myers even threw a touchdown. Um, the receivers, well, you would have thought maybe Devontae Adams went out there and had himself a day. 
He does. In normal stance, eight receptions, 101 yards, one touchdown. Jacoby Meyer got himself a touchdown. Michael Mayer got himself a touchdown. Trey Tucker got himself a touchdown as well. Zamir White on the ground carried it 17 times for 69 yards and a touchdown uh, as well. So if you, if you, again, if you're just counting it, rushing the football, they got a touchdown from Zamir White, Brandon Bolton. Um, but so those are two touchdowns. The four touchdowns from Aiden O'Connell make it six. Jacoby Myers makes it seven. Um, and that means that the Raiders also uh, got a defensive touchdown on the day as well. And that came at the hands of Jack Jones, who caught a pass 16 yards, returned it for the touchdown to make it 63-7. to At one point in this game, when Jacoby Myers found Devontae Adams in the end zone, it was 49-0 to in favor of the Las Vegas Raiders. 49-0. to Man, what a beatdown the Raiders put on the Chargers on national television on a Thursday night. There was no running from this. There was no escaping this. There was no excuses that could be made anymore. There's two aspects of this that I want to chat about here. Because oh so often do we not accept accountability. Do we not accept responsibility? Are we, we are not accountable for what we say. We are not responsible for what we do. And in this case, so many of you were very clear and very much so like just just staunch in the position, just just unwaverable. And that is that Justin Herbert was part of the problem, right? That is what everybody continued to tell me when I had the argument of saying Justin Herbert is elevating this Chargers team. Even in this office, I was told, no, you're you're giving too much credit to Justin Herbert. How much credit should I give Justin Herbert today? I don't think if Justin Herbert is in a quarterback that the, the Chargers lose 63 to 21. Now, I'm not saying that the Chargers win the game. I'm just saying... I I don't believe that happens. So coming up next, we're going to have fresh headlines of the day. One involves the Chargers, obviously. Another one involves the rival of the San Francisco Giants and a couple of others that, uh, you know, we're not going to have a chance to really dive into. So we give them to you here in fresh headlines of the day. Appreciate all of you for joining us. Appreciate all of you for tuning in to the Jose Gonzalez Show. As mentioned, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and on Fridays, beginning at noon. And with that being said, fresh headlines are next. You're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show. This is 1430 ESPN Fresno. The Jose Gonzalez Show, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and on Fridays, beginning at noon on your local sports, a leader, 1430 ESPN. 
A beautiful Friday afternoon in the San Joaquin Valley. Appreciate you for joining us and appreciate you for tuning in to the Jose Gonzalez Show. Once again, mentioned Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and on Fridays beginning at noon here on your local sports leader, 1430 ESPN. All right, it is time for the freshest headlines of the day on... December 15th. Let's begin with the news that I'm not going to spend the most amount of time on, but I'm going to spend some time on this one, and it is that the Cleveland Cavaliers, well, they are going to be shorthanded for a while. Uh, Point guard Darius Garland fractured his jaw in a collision with Boston Celtics center Christoph Porzingis in last night's action. He is now expected to miss four weeks after surgery next week. Adrian Wojnarowski reports that center Evan Mobley will undergo uh, orthoscopic surgery on his left knee and is expected to miss six to eight weeks. Mobley, who is averaging 16 points, 10.5 rebounds, and 1.7 rebounds um, a game. Pardon me. Uh, He's averaging 16 points and 10.5 rebounds and one 0.7 0.7 blocks a game. Um, he will uh, he uh, will have a loose body removed from the knee um, and has missed four consecutive games because of the knee injury. After missing only three games last season, Mobley is one of the three players averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, and shooting 55% this season with uh, along with Giannis and DeMontis. The Cavaliers are 1-3 without Mobley this season. Garland's incident happened early in the third quarter of the Celtics' eventual victory, 116-107. The the point guard Garland went to the locker room for evaluation and returned to the game playing most of the second half. He scored 19 points with three assists. The severity of the injury was determined this morning. So again, Cavaliers lose both uh, Garland and Mobley. Um, to injuries this um, this season. Colorado will add a couple of players, and they are twins, Destin and Keaton Wade. They are transferring from Kentucky, and uh, Destin is a sophomore quarterback, while Keaton plays defensive end, and the pair of brothers will now play uh, their remaining eligibility with the Buffaloes. Uh, Keaton was the number 194th prospect in the 2022 class, a six foot five, 250-pound uh, linebacker, Originally from Spring Hill, Tennessee, he saw playing time in all 13 games during his freshman season in 2022 and had 16 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss and a uh, sack and a half. He also played in every game this season, finishing with 35 total tackles, three tackles for loss and a sack. He has two years of eligibility remaining. Destin, on the other hand, was ranked 293rd. In the 2022 class, he is six foot three, 223 pounds, um, and is a quarterback. Was named uh, Mister Football in the state of Tennessee for Division One Class Six A. His senior season, he redshirted his freshman season and played in just one game for the Wildcats this year. The Twins are adding to a large transfer hall for Colorado this offseason. That includes Vanderbilt wide receiver Will Shepard, Indiana offensive lineman Khalil Benson, and Matthew Bedford, Houston offensive lineman Tyler Johnson, and UTEP lineman Justin Myers. So Colorado 
doing what Colorado really needed to do, and that is add to that offensive line. Some injury, more injury news in the NFL. Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco has uh, had surgery on his injured shoulder and will not play in Sunday's game against the New England Patriots. Andy Reid called the procedure a cleanup surgery. Pacheco's injured shoulder is the same one of which he underwent surgery during the offseason. Reid said Pacheco had been at the Chiefs walkthrough practices this week and could return to full practice next week. Pacheco also missed last week's loss to the Buffalo Bills. Without Pacheco against the Bills, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and uh, Jarek McKinnon took the brunt of the carries. They rushed for 39 and 19 yards and a touchdown, respectively. Uh, McKinnon also caught three passes for 18 yards, and Alaire caught two for 29. Um, the Chiefs also rolled out starting linebacker, uh, pardon me, starting left tackle Donovan Smith for the second consecutive game because of a, knee, uh, a neck injury and rookie Wayne Morris, a third-round draft pick, started in his place against the Bills. The PGA Tour and U.S. sports team owners are potentially nearing a deal, a multi-billion dollar deal between a group of well-known U.S. sports team owners and the PGA Tour is imminent as the tour still hopes to reach a similar agreement with Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, the agreement with Strategic Sports Group, a consortment of billionaire team owners that include Tom Werner and John Henry of the Boston Red Sox, Arthur Blank of the Atlanta Falcons, Mr. Grosbeck of the Boston Celtics, would infuse more than $3 billion into a new for-profit entity in the PGA Tour Enterprises. The tour is also continuing talks with officials from the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, which is being financed by the rival Live Golf League. If a deal is reached with both Strategic Sports Group and the PIF, more than $7 billion might be infused into PGA Tour Enterprises which would combine the commercial assets of the PGA Tour, PIF, and DP World Tour. A deal with strategic sports groups might be announced before the end of the year. So more news coming out in the golfing world. Um, the Jets, the Jets um, uh, are impressed by Aaron Rodgers with his 21-day practice window closing soon. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers continues to amaze his coaches and teammates with his progress. Today, Rodgers took some reps as a fill-in on the scout team defense and made a leaping interception as a linebacker, uh, a play that many teammates buzzing, had buzzing uh, afterwards. He looks normal to me. It's unbelievable. And quote that coming from Coach Robert Sala. The Jets have until Wednesday to decide on whether to activate Rodgers or leave him on the injured reserve for the rest of, uh, the, rest of the season. A return seems very unlikely for Aaron Rodgers, considering his surgery was only three months ago, but the team hasn't ruled out anything. Rodgers has been practicing twice a week as part of his rehab program. This week, he was uh, on the field Thursday and Friday. He pushed it a little bit on Thursday, according to Sala, who said Rodgers took snaps from under center, ran bootlegs, and jogged from drill to drill. He participated in quarterback drills on seven-on-seven -seven periods, but not the 11-on-11. Quote, credit to him, especially in the day and age where a hangnail can affect a game week, 
but this dude is grinding to try to get himself back. It just shows how much he cares, and I have appreciation for him. End quote. I don't think... I, I, it just is hard-pressed for me to believe that Aaron Rodgers would come back right now. There is no guarantee that the New York Jets will be making the playoffs. There's not only not a guarantee that they will be making the playoffs, but when you just look at their possibility of making the playoffs, currently sitting at 5-8, and eight, Look, if they were to go on this crazy run and win three in a row and then get to eight and eight and maybe a nine and eight gets you in, maybe. But look, you got the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Maybe the only way that the Jets consider this is if they beat Miami, they have Washington at home, they can get through that. And if they get to December 28th, and that is when Aaron Rodgers makes his debut in Cleveland where he doesn't have to play at MetLife Stadium the rest of the way. He gets to play in Cleveland, gets to play in, in uh, New England. Well, maybe that is a possibility, but I, I just see it being so far stretched to believe that they're going to risk the health of Aaron Rodgers in that point. So just really tough for me uh, to believe that is going to happen. Tyler Glasnow and the Los Angeles. Oh, actually, let me give you the first bit of that news technically um, because that news turned very, very quickly, and that was that the Los Angeles Dodgers made a trade um, that turned quickly into an extension. Um, for LA, which is, hey, that's the way you should, and that's the way you need to do um, these kind of things. And uh, again, Tyler Glass now uh, is now a Los Angeles Dodger, and that happens uh, after the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays came to an agreement on a trade. The deal is contingent on Glass now signing that extension, which uh, it already has happened. The window for the extension opened Thursday morning, sources said. And it has been completed. The Dodgers will acquire Glasnow and outfielder Manuel Margot and send right-handed starter Ryan Pippett and outfield prospect Johnny DeLuca to the Rays. One of the prize starting pitchers on the market, Glasnow is among the game's most dominant. That, of course, if not for his injuries, because uh, he does not pitch all too often. He is a career-high 120-inning guy, and his career-high literally happened this season before, guess what? He got hurt. The right-handed, uh, hard-throwing uh, youngster, he's, he's 29, struck out 162 and walked 37, going 10-7 and seven with 3.53 ERA. Um, and uh, as the deal gets through, obviously, Galasno would be the front-line starter of this rotation. Pipiot um, was expected to be part of the Dodgers rotation in parts of two seasons with the Dodgers. He has thrived, posting a 2.76 ERA, shuttling between the rotation and the bullpen. He was particularly um, great in 2023 with a 2.14 ERA and a 38-5 strikeout-to-walk ratio in 42 innings, with his lone blemish being, a seven, uh, being seven home runs allowed. Luca made his major league debut this year after consistently crushing minor league pitching over four seasons after the Dodgers took him 
in the 25th round out of Oregon, capable of playing all three outfield positions. He hit 271, 357, 526 in the minor leagues with a strong walk and strikeout rate. Accompanying Glass now is the 29-year-old Margot, a highly uh, regarded defender who will make $10 million this season and joins a Dodger outfield that currently features James Ottman, Chris Taylor, and Jason Hayward. Um, Betts is expected to move to second base full-time, and that would leave a potential at-bats for Margot against left-handed pitchers, where his career OPS is nearly 100 point higher than when he faces right-handers. Um, Glass now goes from being traded to the Dodgers to signing a deal with LA. Um, Glass now signs uh, or gets an extension, five years, $135 million contract um, that once completed will make the trade official. Um, the parties quickly came together with a framework of a deal that will tack four years and $110 million in new money onto the $25 million Glass now was owed for the 2024 season. There is no deferred money in Glass now's deal um, like there was with the Shohei Otani contract. Glass now can now make up to $145 million as the Dodgers hold a $30 million option for 2028. If Los Angeles declines it, Glass now can trigger a $20 million option. The Dodgers will, pl- uh, will pay Glass now like a front line starter in the hopes that he will reach the immense potential and immense ceiling that he has. One of the prize starting pitchers available via trade, Glasnow is among the game's most dominant, and if not for injuries, would be regarded as one of the best starters in baseball. Uh, Tampa Bay explored trading Glasnow um, from the early part of the offseason, and while con- uh, the Rays considered keeping him even at the $25 million salary, awarded him as part of a contract extension in 2022. Um, so interesting to see how this could shape out and how it could go. But Glass now signing a, de- a big deal with the Dodgers. And again, it's going to be reiterated, and I'm going to reiterate it, and that is that uh, the Dodgers are betting on potential. Uh, look, I-, I already see all the baseball fanboys, all right? They're- you guys are already getting into this stretch of, hand the Dodgers the championship. Just hand it to them now. Hand it to them today. Just, you know, just just... Give it to them, let them sign, let them dot, you know, let them put the date down, and we move on. We move forward. Dodgers are already. And I, you know, as you all know, I'm not a a Giants, Dodgers, or West Coast baseball guy. But one of the things that that gets me in this is, didn't we say that about the Mets? Right? There we go. And, And look, I was the one voice telling you, Oh, you're 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 really you're paying for um, a bunch of old arms that look look what did the Dodgers do right a few years ago they let Max Scherzer walk knowing that Max Scherzer had just said I have a dead arm he walks not the same guy in New York with the Mets attribute that to injuries this intrigues me. Because Glasnow has not been a guy that is going to be uh, someone you rely on in October. The, how much better does this make a rotation when you're betting on a guy that hasn't showed you he can stay healthy? Now, look, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at this 
in saying, well, you went all, you went out and you paid $700 million or potentially $700 million for a guy that who knows if he's going to pitch again. But look, hey, 1,000 OPS, I, I guess what? That you have to think about paying something of high account for. But Shohei, Shohei hasn't shown us 162 yet, right? He's, he's been around 150 a couple of times in his career here in Major League Baseball. But I would say I have more faith in Shohei Otani being healthy, obviously, than I have any faith in Tyler Glass now being healthy. Now, again, potential is there. We see that he has the absolute right to be a frontline starter, someone who a career ERA of hovering around 34 He's a pretty dang good pitcher. He is. Glasnow is. But he doesn't fix all of the deficiencies of the Dodgers. He doesn't. I know. You guys all love your homegrown players. Guys that haven't shown us squat. They haven't shown us anything. And I know Dodger fans love to see young guys um, come up through the ranks and then go, yeah, he's going to be an absolute superstar. Doesn't work like that all too often. And look, that rotation looks okay right now. A lot of people are like, oh my goodness, just uh, they, uh, that rotation looks like one of the, it doesn't look like top three to me in baseball. It doesn't. I don't look at the Dodgers rotation right now and I go, dang, that's actually better than last year. I don't say that. You lost Julio Arias, a guy that I think is a great left-handed 20-win guy, right? We all, yeah, yes, yes, I know the the situation he's going through. I know he potentially could be suspended. I know he's not going to be worth as much money as maybe he is now asking for because of the extra things, and we don't know whether he's going to play baseball again. I get that, and, and that's not a Dodgers thing of them losing him, but you're missing out on Julio Arias. You're getting back Walker Bueller off of a second Tommy John when we don't know. Is he going to be the same guy? And some of you are like, we don't need him to be the same guy. No, but you need him to be a frontline starter. Why? Because then you would be telling me that you're hanging your hopes on a guy like last now who hasn't stayed healthy. That's who you're that, that's who you're putting your hopes in. It's, isn't this what the Giants did last offseason? Didn't the Giants this last offseason put all of their hopes in guys that can't stay healthy? Isn't that what they did? The Dodgers right now are betting on guys that aren't staying healthy. But look, and I look at that lineup. Now, one thing is, is certainty, the top of the Dodgers lineup is ferocious. The bottom of it, you got some guys that surprised the world. Jay Hay, did they fix his swing? Is he going to now beat? Probably not. Margot, great. He's fine. I don't look at the Dodgers lineup outside of Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and you add in Will Smith. I don't look at it and believe that everybody in that lineup, like I can at other lineups. But how much improved, how many wins do the Dodgers have today compared to 2023? How many more wins do the Dodgers have? The point of it, obviously, is to win in October. And if 
Tyler Glasnow can stay healthy, maybe he can help them win in October. But he pitched for the Rays in October this year, and he got rocked around. So if we talk about recent history, hasn't shown it. Overall history has an over four ERA in the playoffs. So the Dodgers have that. Now, from that, I want to talk about the now last thing for Fresh Headlines today, and that is that the Los Angeles Chargers have fired. The, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers have fired Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers after two and a half seasons with a lot of expectations and routine letdowns. They also have fired general manager Tom Telesco, that the team announced on Friday. They also um, have uh, uh, moved on from their running uh, defensive run game coordinator, defensive line coach Jay Rogers. They've relieved him of his duties. Uh, Cliff, uh, pardon me, that's a G. Giff Smith, uh, the team's outside linebackers coach, has been interim has been named interim head coach, and JoJo Wooden, the Chargers director of player personnel, will step into the general manager role on an interim basis the Chargers were 24 and 24 under Staley with one playoff berth in 2022 that ended with a 27 point blow blown lead um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars Dean Spanos the owner of the uh, Chargers said quote the fans deserve more end quote he also said quote these decisions are never easy nor are they something I take lightly especially when you consider the number of people they impact we are clearly not where we expect to be however and we need new vision doing nothing in the name of continuity was not a risk I was willing to take our fans have stood strong through so many ups and downs in close games they deserve more frankly they've earned more end quote the Chargers uh, hired Staley in 2020 um, after he was a defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams when they were the NFL's best defense in points yards uh, allowed per game and yet Staley was never able to do that. Now, look, one thing is a certainty. You know that when you coach great guys, you're going to get great results, usually unless you are a coach that wants to do it your way and is going to do it your way or the highway. Do the Los Angeles Chargers have anybody right now that you look at and you say they are an absolute beast? Well, yeah, Khalil Mack has been that guy. He's had a resurgent um, resurgent 2023. But as you look at the entirety of this, the one thing that I take from this is Tom Telesco has hired three guys, and in those three hires, he has failed mightily. It took 10 years to move on from Tom Telesco. It took two and a half seasons to move on from Brandon Staley. I was very surprised from their move on from Tom Telesco because I just didn't think Dean Spanos had it in him uh, to make the move, especially not so close to the end of the season. Brandon Staley seems like a great person. Brandon Staley is going to fall on his feet. Why? Because he is obviously uh, making quite a bit of dough um, and made quite a bit of dough in his two and a half years as a head coach. Now he will probably get another opportunity as a defensive coordinator somewhere in the NFL, maybe going back to the Los Angeles Rams. Who knows? But the one thing is certain that life goes on. And Brandon Staley will fall on his feet, and I hope he does. I do not like talking about anybody being fired because obviously you don't want anybody to lose their livelihood. But 
As I said, he will fall on his feet. Tom Telesco will fall on his feet. Surely being a GM in the NFL for 10 years, you got more than enough contacts. You have more than enough people that you can give a ring to. The people that might not fall on their feet are Chargers fans because today, as opposed to two and a half years ago when they hired Brandon Staley, this job, it doesn't look as cushy, as cozy, and as coveted as it did three years ago. Why? Because Justin Herbert is no longer on a rookie contract. Why? Because Keenan Allen has another year of tread on those tires. Why? Because Austin Eckler no longer looks like a top-tier running back in the NFL. Why? Because that offensive line is absolutely atrocious. Why? Because your best defensive player is closer to his way out than he is closer to his prime years in Khalil Mack. Oh, why? Because the guy that was the best player on your defense can no longer stay healthy in Joey Bosa. Why? Because the guy that you expected to anchor the back end of your defense in Derwin James finally stays healthy in the rest of the defense. Absolutely atrocious. That is why this, this team This franchise is no longer as coveted as it was two and a half years ago. Now you have to go and hire someone that is going to create a culture, not someone that is bringing uh, that is coming in to win immediately, but someone that is looking to build a culture, a culture around a superstar quarterback like Justin Herbert, a culture around playing damn good defense, because if you don't, you're not going to win in the NFL, a culture of accountability, accountability and responsibility. And I'm just not sure there is someone out there that can do that. Who will the Los Angeles Chargers go and find? Is it an offensive-minded head coach? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because if you look at the Chargers, they have the Chiefs in front of them. I think the Broncos will put it together here very soon and at least be competitive. The Raiders are a couple of years away. But the AFC is in a literal transition of quarterbacks you have cj stroud you have anthony richardson you have young guys at quarterback but you also have guys like lamar jackson like josh allen like patrick mahomes like trevor lawrence guys that you know and are beginning to expect to be in this contention on a consistent basis i don't know if the chargers job is as wanted as cushy and interesting as it once was You're paying a quarterback too much money now. And usually when you do that, it is very difficult to put a team around that said quarterback. I'm going to be interested to see who the GM hire, more so than the coaching hire is going to be. Does Dean Spanos take a book out of the Raiders playbook and go and hire guys that have a culture that they built like the Patriot way? Or is he going to go try and get a guy to come in and truly set a culture for the Chargers of success in a stadium they have not been able to win, in a stadium they have not been able to fill, in a stadium that seems too big for their franchise. Those were your freshest headlines of the day. You're listening to Those Gonzalez Show. 1430 ESPN Fresno, your local sports leader. Shuns of 
Gonzalez Show, Monday through Thursday, beginning at 7 a.m. and on Fridays, beginning at noon here on 1430 ESPN. Good afternoon. Appreciate you for joining us and appreciate you for tuning in. The NFL in full swing. We'll talk about it here on the show as we always do. Um, and again, I'm just grateful for all of you for joining us, for tuning in, for joining us and being a part of the conversation. Today's conversation of the week is going to be ours with Chris Alvarez previewing the 49ers. That will be part of our home team headlines. You'll have that here on the other side. I just wanted to quickly finish my Chargers um conversation here because all too often do we look around the NFL and you ask the question who actually has a better place to be and I would ask you that who is in a better place today than they were yesterday is it the Chargers who have fired their head coach have fired their general manager have a star quarterback that probably will not play um well not probably he got added to IR he will not play and a offensive team that seems to be injured more often than they are on the field and healthy or is it the team in Las Vegas who does not really know if Aiden O'Connell is their quarterback who might just have won their way out of the top five in the NFL draft pick side and a team that is unsure of whether their interim head coach should be their permanent head coach in Antonio Pierce. Who today is in a better place in the AFC West? Is it the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert at quarterback, an aging defense, an aging offense, but a young quarterback that is absolute superstar level? Or is it the Raiders who have a number one receiver who have a potential now to have played themselves out of that top five and maybe not able to go and draft a quarterback. And now you're looking at the long-term, whether the short-term, who do you believe is better today? Get you ready for hour number two when we come back. You're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show. You're listening to Locally Owned 1430 ESPN. of our number one coming up hour number two we have our conversation of the week as well as the nfl home team headline still a lot to come your way hour two next you're listening to those a gonzalez show this is 1430 espn fresno